0: Welcome to the Economic Outlook 2019 Royal Banking Commission and Your Business part two. In part one, we looked at the Reserve Bank of Australia decisions, current economic outlook, Royal Banking Commission recommendations, as well as government response. And we had an outlook on what that means to your business and have given you some practical tips of how your business can survive through this period. In this episode, I would like to focus a lot more in detail on your customers and your finance skills within the business it's important to understand your customers and where they're coming from as it will help you to adopt the right sales approach and ensure that you're building and not destroying the relationships that you currently have with the customers we have experienced a historically low wage growth there has been a significant slow in business activities, it is a lot harder for an average customer to obtain the finance as the banks have tightened their lending policies. In particular, what seems to get our customers into the hot water is the popular Afterpay and Zippay services, which have impact on customers' ability to obtain funding, whether it's for going for a home loan or a business loan. As banks said, as if you can't afford the small things, you can't afford the major things. This is regardless whether the customers do pay on time or whether they have the late fees. It's a simple stance from the bank that any trans, any small transactions, if you can't afford to pay for it with cash, you won't be able to service any loans that you're potentially applying for. There is also the overall lack of certainty with the upcoming federal and state elections, as I have discussed in a little bit more details in part one. Labour and Liberal have different policies coming up. There is that overall fee or concern that if Labour does go into the government, they are proposing to get rid of negative gearing, which will impact on investors and they proposing to some significant changes to capital gains tax. There is the overall attitude of lack of confidence in the economy, and it's the confidence that drives the economic growth. Current approach seems to be more of wait and see. This doesn't apply to essential services that still need to be carried on, such as might be insurance renewal premiums, Purchases of basic necessities, doctors, hospital bills, compliance work for accountants such as BAS or tax returns does still carry on with business as usual. It is more to do with other services that clients might be looking at delaying the purchase and delaying the decision to enter into any long-term contract. Depending on whether you're in high volume Low price business, a low volume, high price business, your approach to your customers at the moment will be slightly different. Although, in either way, I would not recommend for you to be pushy with the customers and appearing desperate for a sale. If your business falls into the high volume, low price point, you're dealing with a broader demographic. There is less time required by your customer to make the decision as what you're offering your product or service is easier to purchase the customer often compares based on the price point looking for the cheapest option possible on the market in that case if you're in a high volume and low price point you might be looking at your competition at the moment seeing what special offers they have for customers and seeing how your prices and your packages currently stack up against the competition. However, you will also have to be mindful of your cost of goods sold and making sure that your prices still allow you to have a profitable business. If you analyze your cost of goods sold and you determine that you cannot compete with your competition by lowering your prices or having more um, better package deals for the customers, the next key for you to look at would be cost-saving measures. You will need to closely review your cost of goods sold and you'll need to ensure that you review where you can cut on those expenses and how you can ensure that you're maintaining competitive advantage uh, amongst the other key players in your market. On the other hand, if you're in a low volume and high price point uh, market then you would have probably felt the uh, business activity slow down more than anyone else you're dealing with more specific niche clients you're not just targeting everyone because of the higher price point it is harder to for customers to purchase your product or service and therefore they need more time to make the decision the good news, however, is that you're not competing necessarily on the lowest price point. However, you are compet- competing on delivering clients' value for money. Whilst this should be focused in every business, it is particularly important in low volume, high price business. In low volume, high price point business, your focus needs to be. On ensuring that you're one step ahead of the game you always have to make sure that you are professional and knowledgeable about your products and also be knowledgeable about the services you offer and that of the competition to demonstrate let me give you an example if you're a clothing retailer in a high volume low price market say Kmart you're dealing with the general public the customers don't expect high quality for your products, just reasonable for the price that they are paying. You have people from broad income ranges and broad age groups coming into your store to meet their needs. There is not much expectation being placed on the customer service and there is not much expectation being placed on products lasting long time. On the other hand, if you're a clothing retailer on low volume and high price, such as Versace, you're dealing with a niche customer that is expecting the highest quality and the highest customer service for their money. The Versace client will not be concerned as much with the price tag as they will be concerned with the perceived value for money that they're receiving, and that's far outside of the Versace brand, which they can obtain through other outlets as well as online, not just from your retail store. So if you're a Kmart business or Kmart type of business, understanding your customers will help you to grow your sales by making sure that you have the right campaigns for your target audience. So you might be looking at things like special prices, You're competing with other low-end businesses like Target. So you might further reduce your price point just to get that customer through your door. On the other hand, if you're a Versace retailer, you wouldn't necessarily be implying the same tactics to get the customers through the door. You will more be focusing on the way you make the customer feel, the sales process, as well as the after-sales care that the customer receives. While both businesses, Kmart and Versace, will experience the economic slowdown in business activity, they will have to implement different strategies to overcome those challenges going into 2020. It is the understanding of your customer base and the business environment in which you operate in, that will help you to implement the best business strategies. The second issue I wanted to focus on in here is the in-house and outsourced finance skills. As I have briefly mentioned in the previous um, podcast, there seems to be three key issues concerning small to medium-sized businesses at the moment. The first one is the increased visibility within the business. The second one is the need to drive efficiencies. And the third one is implementing the cost-saving measures within the business. The existing structure for small to medium-sized businesses traditionally has been that they will have an in-house bookkeeper to do all the data entry and then they will outsource to an accountant for the end-of-year compliance work and maybe with the better quality accountants with their quarterly buses obtain some kind of a business advice. This has created a significant gap in finance skills and the businesses feel that pressure now more than ever before. So businesses find themselves currently in a little bit of predicament where they notice that a skill shortage and the gap between what they have and what their business needs. The expectancy then falls on the bookkeepers who are not really qualified to do with the demands placed on them by the business owners who are stranded for cash to hire more qualified staff in-house to deal with the matters. On the other hand, whilst accountants are well-equipped to provide uh, business advice, they don't necessarily have the commercial acumen or understanding of the specific industry that the client operates in to provide them the right advice and guide them through all the business challenges that they might be experiencing. Therefore, there is an increased need to change the skill sets within the business. The bookkeepers traditionally are your data entry people. They sit there, they'll enter all your invoices in the system, send statements to the customers, maybe even chase them up for money, process payroll maybe they can do up to the bus level and submit it for you on a quarterly or um, annually basis however they don't have university degree they are not qualified to provide you with financial advice they're not qualified to give you business advice and they do not have the analytical skills required to be able to help your business grow Most businesses, however, do start with an in-house bookkeeper, traditionally part-time, just to save themselves money at the end of the year with dealing with an accountant. That's all fine in the early stages of the business, but when your business starts to grow or when you're going through economic downturn like we are at the moment, putting that extra pressure on bookkeepers to analyse your financial reports and give your recommendations is really not fair on them and beyond their skill sets. On the other hand, your traditional external accountants, whilst they are well-equipped to analyze the financial reports for you and give you recommendations based on that figure, your business is a lot more than a set of financials on paper. There might be very good reasons for variations between budgets and actuals that you understand better than your accountant. There might also be specific compliance or industry changes as they pertain to your business that your accountant will not necessarily be aware of and therefore their advice might not be on the mark of what you need from them. Furthermore, it's important to understand that your external accountant from public practice is generally designed to prepare your bus in compliance, to prepare your tax returns and end-of-year financials and to advise you on the bottom line, which is the profitability of your business. However, profitability of your business is only one of key factors that are driving your business success. So what your business needs now more than ever before is having that middle person, having someone that has both the finance skills and understanding of the reports that can analyze it for you and provide you with the bottom line and advice on profitability as well as someone with a commercial acumen and expertise in running businesses and understanding of your industry and your specific challenges that can provide you with a timely and accurate advice that is custom-built for your business and for your industry. So the question doesn't become of whether you need that level of skills. The question then becomes whether those skills should be outsourced or whether you should be looking at hiring that skill set within your business. Initially thinking hiring the skills within your business might be your go-to option. The key advantages are you've got that person available for you five days a week. They're working predominantly just for you. Most contracts do have exclusions and conflict of interest. So that ensures that that person, that employee is dedicated to serving your best interest and that of your business. It also means that you have full control of that person's time and you can dictate and assign tasks to them as and when required. The downside of having somebody full-time in-house means the increased costs of running a business. So on top of wages that you will need to pay there is of course the cost of superannuation public holidays annual leave sick leave as well as the increased cost for you of workers compensation insurance that will need to be incorporated whilst this might be a great option for major companies with turnovers of a hundred million dollars if you're a small to medium-sized business chances are that you may not be able to afford the skills in-house especially with the business activity slowing down. So there is another option and that option for you is to strictly outsource those services to a provider such as us, Financial Goddess. By outsourcing those services, you're significantly cutting down on your additional expenses. So you don't have to worry about paying us for the work we're not performing, no cost of annual leave, no cost of sick leave, no cost of workers' compensation increases. And in fact, you have a fixed price that uh, the annual cost that you can directly factor into running your business. Furthermore, that cost is significantly reduced for you as it's divided amongst other businesses in similar situation. So if you would imagine having a finance expert a financial controller working full time with your company, you're looking at 120, 130,000 a year plus, uh, depending on your business size and complexity, as well as those on costs. If you're looking at outsourcing the skills, the cost would easily be one tenth of that, as that is divided amongst other businesses. You still have access to an advisor 24 7 you still can send through questions and arrange meetings as needed. However, you have the peace of mind that it's not costing you any extra and it's factored in the overall price. The other advantage of outsourcing for a small business, it means that you don't have to worry about unfair dismissals or similar litigations. As if you're employing more than 20 employees, normally you'll be subject to. So if you have an employee that passed their probation or even during probation and you feel like things are not working out for them, you would let them go. If you feel like there is a slowdown in economic activity and you can no longer afford to pay them the 130000 a year, you might be wanting to make them redundant, which there is an increased cost and therefore increased risk for your business however if you're outsourcing you do not have the same issues or worries your commitment is often a 12-month contract at the end of that 12-month period if you no longer wish to proceed and extend those services you are not obliged to do that by hiring a finance expert whether it is outsourced or in-house you're effectively ensuring the future of your business You're trusting that person to stay on top of all the latest compliance and regulatory changes and making sure that they will keep you abreast of those changes and provide you necessary recommendations to move your business forward. A finance expert will often be required to analyze your monthly uh, management reports and provide you information and recommendations based on your reports. This is beyond looking at your profitability, but it's also understanding the variance between your forecast or your budget and your actuals and understanding the key drivers for that variance. Finance expert can help you to further drive efficiencies within your business, looking at ways to implement cost saving measures. Banks, shareholders, as well as other stakeholders, do love to see a finance expert being involved within a firm on some sort of capacity, as it gives them the reassurance that the company's financials are in the best possible hands. As a business owner or a company director, you are expected to stay on top of the compliance and regulatory issues, and you are personally held liable to ensure that your business stays on top of those things. However, as we know, it is physically impossible for you to stay on top of everything that is going on in your business, especially as a small business owner where you're often required to wear so many hats. You can't afford to hire HR and and payroll functions and, and finance and marketing. It's not uncommon for the business owner to be fulfilling a lot of those functions themselves. And therefore as the complexity of the business world changes and as we're going through a revolutionary period of so many changes that do affect your business it becomes critical and impossible at the same time for one individual to stay on top of all of it. This is why it is critical for your business to ensure the success that you do fire that you do hire a finance expert and you do review your financial skills in-house and start making decisions whether they are the best skill sets moving your business forward. To see how we can help your business move forward, you can book your complimentary strategic call now at www.financialgoddess.com.au. I'm Margaret Milutinovic, the virtual CFO. And remember, you deserve the peace of mind that comes from running a profitable, and predictable business.